Hi guys, welcome back to Our Stories They Tell. This is a podcast where we talk about the representation of black women in film. I'm Renee. I'm Amara. And um, this is uh, our new segment. It's not really a segment, but I'll call it a segment. And it's called The Story I'll Tell, where we get um, basically emerging black female writers to share a story or a poem um, or something more harder to define. And yeah, we get them to share their story and also talk about their career thus far um, and their inspirations and other things. I had the opportunity to sit down and have a conversation with a Nigerian-born writer, Mayawa Fagbore, who wrote a short um, story called Something With Meaning, and it was actually performed by a a brilliant um, Black British actress, Danielle Kazarate. Um, And yeah, Amara, who did you get to speak to? So I spoke to Audrey, Alds the Poet, as she goes by, um, and she talked to me about her, her her experience um writing and uh, creating poetry and also shared with us her um her a poem of hers called rhythm and drive um so we hope you enjoy i have heard people say that the essence of our lives is to be remembered that in our conversations our periods of brief contact with others we should make an impact but does it even count if after a hundred years, no one remembers you? I do hope someone remembers me after a hundred years. What happens if I die and no one remembers me? Then was my life a waste? Was it useless? They say that our lives are not about ourselves, but about our service to others. But I know that deep down, we are all selfish beings, only looking out for ourselves, seeing every other person as our opposition. Oh, and the matter of love and romance and longing. In my heart, I feel a tumbling. It is from that love that I can never let go of. If I did let go of it, I wouldn't be able to live a happy life. Because even though we are no longer together, I still feel strong tides pulling us to each other. I am here and he is somewhere else in the world. Our strings are connected. The gods are not running around trying to find the perfect pair of scissors to cut through them. They are letting us dance together. The evil one is pulling us farther away, but our strings are tightly entwined. This entire train of thoughts is mostly meaningless. But what counts as something with meaning? Is it another's acknowledgement of our work that gives it meaning? If there were zero likes on all of my social media posts, would they still mean something to me? Zero comments and shares and views. What makes something mean something? Today, I am dismantling every thought that I had about who I am and what I mean to myself. What do people mean when they say that they love you? What do they mean when they say that they care for you? Do they know the meaning of what they say? Do they really truly mean them? If you meant something, if you made a promise, would you not try your hardest to keep it? Oh, this is turning into a depressing rant. But I am feeling really good. Okay, fine, normal, well, overall in a very happy state, at least for today. How high or how happy do I need to be before I come down again? 
How fulfilled do I need to be before contentment takes the back seat and allows greed and want to drive? Writing is all about creating something out of nothing and art making something on the blank canvas. And mental illness isn't only a symptom of a creative mind. I don't have to be the tortured artist, the tortured soul. I can make my art and do my job, make a difference with my creative career. I try to do new things and step out of this bubble that I have made for myself. But the bubble bursts so violently that I am still trying to find a way to crawl back into it. How do I crawl back into what has been destroyed? And now there are all these people in my life that I never thought I would know. New things that I do, new activities I participate in. It was all meant to be a process, but it has transformed into a speeding roller coaster, one without an end. Many things cannot be understood, but they must be said because they are the truth. My country is burning up in flames, but I never talk about her. I hate talking about things that I cannot fix. But if we only spoke about the things that we could fix, we would run out of material for our conversation. So I will start talking about Nigeria more and how I feel about the country that birthed me, its people and everything that happens inside of it. And not just the big cities like Lagos. I have to focus on the other places, the other stories that the news cameras do not reach. I have to, I have to. I place these have-tos on myself, creating an infinite to-do list that leaves me overwhelmed. But it is my nature. Maybe it's how I will always be. Maybe this is not a weakness. It could be the thing that strengthens me. I am discovering myself and addressing my flaws. It is what makes me a better person. I'm not just trying to present myself as what other people would like me to be, but being myself truly. I think it's my turn to cook dinner today. I'm excited because today I get to actually discuss and talk and interview um, an amazing writer who I discovered very... um, very stalkerish vibe because I found her on Facebook but we were connected through the same university um and Maya I'll just let you introduce yourself if that's okay introduce who you are um how you got into writing and anything anything else you 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 will to talk about yeah yeah um thank you Renee for inviting me onto this podcast um my name is Maya Fabure. I am a Nigerian writer currently living in the United Kingdom. Um, how did I start writing? I would say I started um, at the age of 12. Um, and I specifically remember the age because that was a point in my life where a lot of things started to change. You know, my sister moved away to boarding school. Um, I had kind of changed my friendship groups as well. So there was a lot of change going on and I just needed something or somewhere to vent and express myself. So that was how I found words and writing and I stuck with it ever since. Uh, I mostly write fiction and poetry, but sometimes I dabble in essays.
we, what the audience or what the, the the listeners would have heard is something with meaning. This is a this is a really nice kind of stream of consciousness. Is how I described it earlier when I was talking to you, and you kind right. of confirmed that. Yeah, it was like a stream of your thoughts. Um, and yeah, I just I guess tell us a bit about um the story, the piece, what inspired it, and yeah, just just anything about the piece and and why why it's important to you if it is important to you so I wrote um this piece something with meaning back in August I think um and I had started it a couple of months before but it just started with about two or three lines and that's mostly how I, I build up my writing I just if I if something comes to my head I put it in my notebook or um on the notes app in my phone just a couple of lines and I build on that in the future so that's how this piece started. Um, mm. And then I really didn't know where I wanted to go with it, but I was kind of in a rut with my writing and that happens every once in a while. So I always try to push myself out of that with doing something different, something I haven't um, really done before. And I was inspired to do the stream of consciousness style because it's something that sometimes I like reading. Um, in novels because it helps you really get into the characters' heads. So that was why I wanted to do with this particular piece. And um, this piece itself just goes through me talking about romance, um, mental health, um, my love for my my country, Nigeria, um, feeling validated as an artist, you know, all these things just coming together. And I like the way that um, each paragraph just represents each thought as it flits in and out of my head. So I, I'm, I'm quite proud of this piece. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And some of the things and some of the themes that popped up within the, um, the short story or kind of stream of consciousness was, uh, I guess, every like everything about oneself, like identity, but then... Right what's going on with the world um particularly nigeria um and then you know relationship as well connections with with someone you love and then all these different things kind of propped up within one space and i really think that that kind of reflects how rapid our thoughts are i remember someone saying like apparently we have like three thousand thoughts a day or something even more and oh wow i really feel like i know that's crazy and it doesn't seem like that but when you actually have a story that kind of encapsulates that stream of consciousness those thoughts that flicker um from left to right to to north to east to south to all these different directions then it it shows that how rapid our thoughts can be what was Mm. What I say? I guess was that your intention in inviting that stream of consciousness? Was it literally you were writing as your thoughts were flowing, and it was just a way to offload onto a piece of paper and then find a way to take everything in your head and put it into words that are maybe meaningful? Or was it a thing where, where you were like you were trying, you were intentionally trying to encapsulate this kind of stream of consciousness that we all have as human beings? Was it a thing that you were consciously or subconsciously doing, basically? I'll- so yeah, I would say it's a bit of both. So um, initially I started off like the first draft of this was just the thoughts themselves. As each thought came into my head, literally as I was sitting down that day, I just put it down and then it was a bit short. So to to expatiate on each thought, each, each, um, each thing I had to say, I would just um, add more words basically. I was writing more in addition to those initial thoughts. So. Mm. 
both yes and no is the answer to your question Mm. and do you often write okay so yeah I guess there's two in one questions you'll find that I ask like three questions and one I do that all the time (laughs) but um for for someone who considers them consider themselves a writer um and someone who you know writes fictional and non-fictional stuff um where do you kind of like draw the line of this is for this is going to be something that I'd like to share and people to see and to and and to have that public and yeah entertain people almost and then have things that are more personal um Mm. and I guess intimate and not necessarily for public viewing like I I guess how do you distinguish those lines because sometimes I feel like those lines blur right you write something this I know I do this I I write something maybe a poem or something like it could be a rant that turns into a poem and I'm like I'm getting into all my like creative juices um Mm. and halfway through I'm thinking oh wow like this would bang as a poem and this would bang if I posted on Instagram and this would bang as a short film oh and and then my what started as you know something to kind of almost like therapy to kind of get my thoughts right. out to, to, kind, to kind of um grant me some healing and some perspective and just release turns into this thing where my mind my my thoughts are going to okay so how are we gonna um, market this um right. do you find it hard to to distinguish between those lines of like writing for therapy do you find yourself like me going into that rock or that process where you're like this is like for therapy but ends up being like this could some this could be something that I share um yeah yeah let me know your thoughts on what I've just said I don't know even if that was a question no I understand exactly what you're saying I can relate to exactly what you're saying um like with my writing journey for as long as I've been writing I have been sharing it online from that age of 12 like it was just probably um a year that I wasn't sharing um I'm from 13 I started posting my work on Wattpad I, I used to write this very bad <laughs> wow um, what pad novel, what a throwback right? <laughs> yeah 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 so it was, it was i used to write the story on what pad and continuously update and i had it like thousands of readers and it was a really cool experience you know from a young age getting to constantly update people with with my work and then from what pad i started a blog with um one of my classmates who was also my friend and then you know that was also online and then now i have my instagram and my twitter account where i also share my work so you know, as I guess as a member of Gen Z, it's, it's, we're part of this internet culture. So for as long as I've been writing, I have been sharing it. And it's it's a struggle that I have to, to differentiate, you know, what I want to keep for myself, what I want to be like um, a journal entry, I guess, and what I want to put online. Mm-hmm. And um, sorry, hold on. It's okay. Yeah, um, back to what I was saying. So it's something that I just have to kind of decide for myself. And I've had moments where I've actually shared things online that led to some clashes in my personal life, because I think I'm very honest and and truthful Mm. with my writing. And, you know, people in my life sometimes don't want their stories out there. They don't want their experiences with me out Mm. there. So I've had to take those things down. Um, Mm. But it's just, it's just a case of, of figuring it out for yourself. And I'm still figuring that out for myself, what I want to keep private and what I want to share but I, I know that whatever I do share online is not is not like a completely manufactured thing it's still it's still honest and it's still real to to who I am mm, yeah 
and it's good that you've you're finding or you you found that grounding where you're able to have honest moments of writing where you are writing from the heart and mm. not necessarily thinking about the commercial aspect of it but still being able to put it out there in a public eye which might be deemed as a commercial strategy or intent but whatever the case is you're still true mm. to who you are and your and your words are still as honest and as powerful as intended when you were in that moment writing and offloading onto that piece of paper or whatnot so yeah I, I'm still personally trying to find that grounding where I can just write freely and not think about how I'm going to perform it or how I'm or where I'm going to perform it or stuff like that because I do feel like that really does distort honest and authentic writing sometimes I feel like it it propels me in a place where I'm like no I can do better because if I want to put this work out there I want to put quality excellent work I'm not trying yeah. to get called online about how I'm not a great writer but at the same time it's <laughs> like it's not healthy um but it's nice to hear that you have this grounding and I do agree I, I haven't read much of your work I've only read two pieces actually something with mm. meaning and the one that was published on um LU Arts online magazine I think right. it's called Limit. A Different Home the short yes, story a different yeah. home yeah and I was like she is she's so honest she talks about you know you, you talk about I'm saying she as if you're not right <laughs> you're not right here <laughs> but um you talk about the um experiences of moving into into this world of university but England in general and, and navigating um this this space of British culture um and like uni culture and all these different cultures but being really honest about your housemates and your interactions with them and the thoughts you have while you're in the kitchen with them and I just feel like this is so it's funny because we all not we all because your experience is obviously very unique but we have similar experiences when you're moving to a new space you don't know anyone and you're just thinking oh I can't wait till she finishes washes the dishes so I can freely cook my food and not you know disturb <laughs> their nostrils with my stew or whatever while I, you know yeah. what I mean yeah so uh that that is I mean I would like you to I would like that reading to come on the pod at some point um because I really think that that's such a a true unique story that we don't document as much but um in terms of your stories and because you write quite different genres you don't you're not really restricted to just being a specific type of writer you're not a writer for specifically sci-fi you write it's almost okay so I guess this would be the first question do you write without the thought of what genre or what um kind of style it's going to be is it just a thing where you write and then then you put the genre on top or is it like the writing has to accommodate a specific genre you have in mind I don't know if that makes any sense but yeah yeah um it's hmm. I'll say a lot of the time I find myself um veering towards writing poetry I just kind of like the form of it and the way the lines kind of flow into each other but then if it's a bit too long I may turn it into like maybe an essay I may turn it into maybe an Instagram caption sometimes I may turn it into a Mm. short story it just depends but initially it starts off with kind of looking like a poem and then it takes the form of something else along the line mm. Mm. yeah I like I think poetry is my favorite as well I agree with you on that there's just something about poetry it's form it's flow it's even the shape of what how it looks like on page it's just so just aesthetically pleasing to me um mm. but yeah I, I think I think I'm one of those people that just 
yeah sometimes it differs for me like the lines blur sometimes I have a genre in mind like I'd really like to write a short poem and then I'd write to accommodate that or sometimes I'm just writing and it turns into like a monologue so I'm like okay that's a monologue then but I guess it will differ but yeah poetry poetry is beautiful and have you have you are you someone that performs poetry do you just write poetry have you gotten into performing and reading your work out there Right, I'm. I'm definitely not into performance poetry. I feel like it's a completely different. It's a completely different ball game than. Mm. Like I, I don't. I don't think I write poetry for it to be performed. Mm. Um, it's more for it to be read. I. I don't. I'm. I'm not a spoken word poet. Because mm. there is there is a difference. I guess you're right. right. Performance poetry is a whole different ball game. You really have to. Well, I don't think you know, you have to know how to work your audience. Some people are just genuinely themselves and people like that. And then that works for them. But yeah, I do think that you have to, to do performance poetry, you, first of all, you're going, you have to want to do performance poetry. Like you don't want to feel forced right, yeah. on the stage and read like miserably. But also, <laughs> yeah, some people have a, a niche in, in performance poetry and some people just have a way with words that can be read on a screen, on a piece of paper. And it's just as powerful as seeing someone perform something on live live so yeah I hear that um but yeah more talking about your I, I want to call it career but career seems very official and formal but career is the best <laughs> word I can use because I do I mean I do you are a writer and that's and and that's what you do but um yeah, yeah in terms of like your career and stuff what what do you kind of hope for? What are some of your ambitions? If you don't mind me asking someone, I know some people are like, they keep that to their heart, but is there anything you have in mind and is there a specific place you want to take your writing um, to? Or is it just go with the flow, see where it goes and yeah, that's it. Um, I, I guess the the big plan or the big goal would be to publish a novel in the mm. near future. Um, as for the plot as the concrete idea I don't have one um (laughs) I know it will definitely be about Nigeria I have a strong connection to my home country and I feel like um art is such an important tool for speaking up about things that you're not satisfied with in your society speaking up about things that you want to change um giving people a voice art is so important for doing that and that's what I want to do with the novel in the future. Um, mm. But as for now, I think I'm just, I'm more focused on, I guess, getting my name out there, um, getting my work out there, getting my work featured on on different platforms. Mm. But I'm really, I'm not in any rush to, to do those things. I'm just taking it step by step. Yeah, which is the way it should go, really. We none yeah. of us should be in any rush. Um, and well we live in a generation that tells us to rush and show and tell and what have you produced and what are you doing and again it's so nice I I I, I don't really know you but to see that you have um a grounding with yourself and with with time as a concept um particularly with with you know not having that pressure of oh I have to I have to blow I have to blow <laughs> you know I have to I have yeah. to make it I have to be the one that comes out of my my hometown my homeland or whatever and and make it and, and do it for them and it's like that pressure is big and that pressure is big for a lot of 20 something year olds so yeah. um, you you sound like such a grounded person and someone who is transparent oh, about their fights but no honestly like someone who's transparent about the battles and the 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 challenges that they face but still very much grounded as a person so 
I encourage you sis to continue to have that because it's so it's, it's such a precious thing but it's so hard to to I guess preserve in this generation and you've you're preserving it well so yeah keep, keep going um, <laughs> but yeah I guess I I don't want to make this conversation too long but um I guess in terms of black female writers which just those three words sound very heavy I'm saying mm. it with a lot of like <laughs> emphasis but in terms of like black female writers and stuff like that what are are there any are you conscious of the lack of you know black female writers do you think there's a lack of black female writers or do you think there are black female writers they're not just they're just not being showcased and also slash you know I told you my questions are like three in one um <laughs> do you is there changes you personally want to see in the industry are there frustrations you have about um our, the representation of us as, as writers and yeah just share your thoughts on on that um right so as for black female writers I don't think we are lacking in black female writers, honestly mm. speaking, just from my perspective, I don't think we are lacking mm. um, in that department. What I will say is that I think we just need more diverse stories. I think any anyone mm. with, with a black face or a, a, a black name, quote unquote, is expected to tell very painful stories. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, it's another topic of like pain, porn that's associated with black people and also just with Africa, um, mm. but that's that's a whole other conversation. <laughs> but I think we need more regular stories. Like I was, the author, um, Dorothy Coomson, I don't know if you know her, but she's um she's a British, I think Ghanaian, I'm not sure, mm. but she's a black British author. And she writes what she would describe as popular fiction. So the books that you would pick up in like WH Smith or like mm. just a, a bookshop, you know? And she says that she would probably never be nominated for any awards, but she's fine with that. And I think we need mm. to have like the existence of people like Chimamanda Ngozi Adichie um, and mm. Dorothy Coomson, like people writing very strong literary fiction that wins awards and people just writing, you know, everyday stories, thrillers, sci-fi, like the mm. diversity still needs to be there. It doesn't just have to be one or the other so that's just why I think like the diversity is is a problem but not the existence of of black female authors mm. thank you because you've opened my mind I always I I kind of scream there's a lack of black female writers there's a lack mm. you know <laughs> I, I think because what overlooked as artists you can almost um it, you almost I, I paint it as almost interchangeable as because they overlook us and there must be a lack and that's not necessarily the case we might be overlooked in some instances um yeah. we might not have um we might not be more aware or people might not be more aware of the stories that do exist that are not about pain and trauma and oppression but yeah. um yeah, that doesn't mean that there are not powerful female writers already um creating stories that are enjoyable that are diverse that are about anything they want it to be so yeah thank you for sharing your thoughts on that and being honest with that because I like to, me I like to scream I like to protest I like to be <laughs> one protester but there's some things that it's not really it doesn't really need protesting it's just a it's just if we look at the figures and statistics it is just um more to do with I guess the type of stories being told uh yeah 
recognition, awareness, platforms that celebrate that, maybe a lack of platforms that do celebrate that, who knows, but not just pin it down to there must not be enough black female writers if I'm not seeing those stories. Am I doing my research? Am I, you know, looking for writers or am I just looking at the popular writers that, like you mentioned, um, am I just, you know, picking up half of the yellow sun and being like, you know what, that's great. That's that's me done, you know? (laughs) Um, So, yeah, I I, I think that's a very, very valid point. but other than that, yeah, I just want to thank you so much for coming onto this pod and just sharing. Thank insight. you. Thank you. You don't know me like, like my past lovers know me. No, you don't know the rhythm and jibe of these somewhat widely shaped thighs. You don't recall the movement and shapes my hips would create upon every step I did take. No. I am merely a figment of your imagination. The embodiment of who you want me to be. You only knew the pieces of me that I left scattered across marble floors and laced around the handles of hotel doors. Yet you saw you love me flaws and all. See, I took sultry steps and I made their world rock. Because that rock was my foundation within the world. And every man I seduced, the foundation shook. Lust concealed as love. Like a noose wrapped around my pride. A shred of my dignity and virtue died every time and... All for what? All in the name of rhythm and jive. I remember reciting the lyrics of trading places, but all I did was trade faces, or rather within my soul, I decorated my shelves, myself, with memoirs of my past lover's souls. I longed to cling tight to a token. Therefore, I recited an omen See, men became my wells and I returned constantly for a refill of lust, promising myself that next time would be the last time and in a constant lullaby I would caress myself to sleep and dream of my next high until my euphoria became disfigured. I returned to wells of failed relationships and continuous situationships I had a lack of fellowship my fellows had cast me out my actions infused with venom and contagious sin nobody dared come near for the fear of contamination so I returned to my wells with the hopes of being refilled and fulfilled by toxic masculinity. But don't they know that mere men can't tame me? Jack and Jill, I went up the hill to fetch a pail of satisfaction, idle hands. I need a man to fill up my emptiness, but the bucket of my soul was a bottomless abyss. See, I don't think this is what Jesus meant when he said, I'll teach you to be fishers of men. Yet I went to men to replenish my lack of Omega-3. But they were the incorrect trinity. 
I was serving lust, greed and promiscuity. I had a misinterpretation of my true identity. I was thirsty, empty, searching for something to fill me, fill my soul, fill the empty void within my being. By definition, I had multiple afflictions. My soul tied with five, God's number of grace, yet from grace I fell. No six, six souls marking my human imperfections. Yet there he stood before me. The very image of restoration. Though my eyes were vacant, he saw through me. Past the rhythm and jive of these somewhat widely shaped thighs. He offered my bottomless abyss of a soul. A cornerstone. A backbone. In him I found my foundation. And he concealed me from the bags of darkness that surrounded my eyes and caused my vision to be blind. So, you say you want to know me. I am merely a figment of your imagination. The embodiment of who you wanted me to be. My identity is no longer in the rhythm and jive of these somewhat widely shaped thighs, no. It's in the one that some may call the Christ. But as for I, I call him the love of my life. Audrey, also known as author, poet, and I write poetry. <laughs> That's cool. Where are you from? Like, what what is your favorite movie? Because Loki, oh. this is also a movie podcast. So. <laughs> uh, favorite movie. I would say Love Jones because it's poetry in it. Oh. I'm from Ghana. I live in Essex right now. Mm-hmm. So yeah. If you could just give us, give our listeners like a, a backstory, a background, a little summary synopsis of, of the poem that you're going you're gonna to recite for us. It's about a woman and society sees her one way, but you know, she's struggling with things. So even though she seems like, you know, as if she's boasting about all her accomplishments and what she's done, you know, she, she's kind of embarrassed low-key, but you know, hey. Mm-hmm. So yeah, um, I would say... Yeah, I just hope you kind of maybe relate to it, maybe see that, you know, I don't know what I'm trying to say. There's, there's something I'm trying to say, but basically the, the, I guess the answer at the end is always the answer. I'll just say that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm, very cryptic. Very. Hopefully that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> No, it'll, it'll make, it'll make the listeners think about it. So I appreciate that. Um, so what inspired the story and tell us a bit about the inspiration behind it where you got the inspiration from things like that um so this okay so basically i don't write poems like in full to begin with i just kind of write segments and then piece it all together so the initial first segment that i wrote i think i was doing my quiet time 
and I was reading about um, the Samaritan woman and I just started writing and I was like oh this is really good so I just kind of made it more modern in a sense so yeah that's kind of what inspired the story okay that's cool um so when did you how did you start writing like how did you discover that you had like a talent for for writing poetry I feel like that's quite a I mean nowadays it's nowadays people do are poets but I feel I still feel like it's quite a niche thing to 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 want to do and to know how to do so how did you start doing that um I think I first wrote my first ever poem in Miss Oliver's English class yeah she wrote about poetry and I just really loved English literature I loved reading I loved words so I kind of pieced it together and then I was like told to perform a piece in church and I was like oh my days what the heck what the heck I'm doing so I performed a piece with my brother and ever since then I've just been writing pieces yeah what was that first piece about do you remember (laughs) (laughs) Jesus fair enough (laughs) um and yeah, my next question, kind of leading from that, what what inspires your writing now? I guess when it back in the day, it was like what you were doing in school, um, church, but nowadays, where do you find inspiration for your from for your writing? Mm, um, mainly in through what I go through. So if I'm you know down in the dumps, I will write the down in the dumps. I write about love as well. Um, I write about God. I write about nature like I could be on the bus and I'll just be looking out and I'll just be inspired and I'll start typing in my notes yeah when I just when I look outside on the bus I just see like London and I'm depressed but I would love to see (laughs) I would love to see like words and inspiration no that's what I see anyway um (laughs) I'm definitely gonna cut that out anyway I'm growing up I wondered what kind of what kind of stories did you see yourself in um did you did you see inspiration in other kind of black women doing the same things as you um, in media depicting black women or were you kind of just putting yourself in, in media that didn't represent you particularly, if, if that makes sense? Um, growing up, I think the only thing I ever really related to was that Zoe because there's another black girl on TV, you know, mm-hmm. and she was super cool. She had super cool hair all the time. She was a trester <laughs> I'm a trendsetter, but she was really, really cool. So I think I saw myself through her. But um, growing up, I didn't really remember seeing myself like as a black person on TV much. Mm-hmm. No, not really. Mm. No. That's really interesting because um, when we just did a recording, I'm not sure if it's out yet, but it's coming out. Um, oh, it's out already. Yeah, sorry. But it was about um, 90s, 90s, 2000s. Yeah. Um, films and movies and tv shows and we also said like that so raven was basically the only one as well <laughs> so yeah i mean growing up i guess i kind of was able to then look back at the 90s and see movies like love jones best man Holiday, all that stuff i mean like seeing black actors actually acting but in terms of the british scene i don't really remember seeing much no not, not at all yeah. No. yeah okay um and then now do you see yourself in any stories now um, in media or anything that you kind of are connected to? I feel like because we're older, we don't connect in the same way as when we were kids, obviously. But yeah. if you could speak on that. that um, Yes, I guess now there's a lot more like black leads in, sh- in TV shows. 
the only ones that I would probably say like I relate to is probably like Scandal and House Gateway of Murder because they're strong mm. black leads and they're like mm-hmm. a darker complexion because mm. In some, of the, in some of these things that we see, like, for example, Blackish, I love that, you know, it's a black family. However, mm-hmm. a lot of, like, the households, the mum is always fairer and the dad is darker, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But that's how I grew up. Both my parents were relatively browner than, you know, what you see on TV. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's a very good point. We also always talk about colorism um, <laughs> on our thing. Um, and I feel like, yeah, it's definitely true. Back in the 90s, it seemed like a more fairer... Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. fairer div- divide i guess if you want to call it divide or more fairer portrayal but now it's kind of skewing to um light-skinned actresses i agree i agree with your point there uh, my next question is back to writing really like when you write do you think about your audience do you think about who's gonna read read this poetry um or do you mostly just write <laughs> without thinking about who's gonna read it in the future i want to know um, when I'm writing, I don't really think about my audience, but if I'm going to put things out, I'm like, hmm, don't think I can put this out because um, this is a bit. <laughs> yeah. On my phone, my notes is locked to the password because. <laughs> fair enough. Okay, fair enough. Um, is there like. Well, no, that's 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 too much. Never mind. <laughs> I was gonna say, is there a poem that's like really, really you'd never put out? And what's it about? <laughs> I'll just say yes. Okay, yes. Okay. Yeah. Also, this is a very interesting question. I want to know um, what are your favorite, some of your favorite writers, either poets. Um, I don't really read poetry that much. Um, I like listening to it, but I I can't really read it because I my brain doesn't. Yeah. doesn't do that so <laughs> poetry or books um what are some of your favorite writers um i don't know the names of the writers but in terms of just authors in general i really do love a lot of black writers i try mm. i'm trying to build my collection mm. so my angela was one of the first books that i actually picked up to read and i was just like wow like she's really cool and she and she wrote poetry as well as you know her autobiography so i really did love reading her also um in terms of poetry I remember I think Renee got me my first ever like poetry book that I had yeah but yeah so I do have a few books I have Firstborn by Sarah something but she's really cool mm-hmm. um really cool as well I do read some of her stuff um there's one called Bones there was one by um remember the name but it was orange and I loved 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 I read it from ear to ear it was so good (laughs) we have a bit of a poetry collection in terms of books yeah oh that's cool um I agree with the Maya Angelou point as well um (laughs) yeah she's she's like the only poet that I can that like I can read basically (laughs) um yeah because it has a bit more flavor I feel anyway (laughs) do you so do you think there are enough black female writers out there um and like in your poetry circle and the people you see around or the ones that are more famous as well like do you think they're enough um what's the rep- what's the representation like basically mm, i don't think they could ever be enough because you know we're great as a community so i don't think they could ever be enough but i don't think there's i don't think there's enough no because i think you kind of have to search in order to find them they're not like mainstream so i don't think there's enough no mm-hmm. no um, and then lastly, uh, the last question before we finish out, or maybe I'll think of some more. Hold on. 
never mind but <laughs> the last question um where do you see your poetry and where do you see your stories taking you in the next three years do you think it's still going to be focused on poetry are you trying to build an anthology series do you think you'll like transition into like uh, books novels things like that where do you see yourself in the next three years uh next three years i'll be 24 so i made a tweet i think last year or the year before saying by 23 i want to release eps and i think actual physical physical poetry books so i've started mm -hmm. compiling an anthology and i might add some risque poems in there maybe Ooh, i'll read this <laughs> i will read this <laughs> Um, but yeah, I do see myself hopefully branching into novels. Like I did used to write when I was younger, stories. I used to love writing stories a lot. And I think that's what kind of helped me get into poetry. So yeah, I do, I do feel my, I do see myself branching out. I don't want to just, you know, put myself in the box of poetry. You know, there's other creative things that I want to get into. So yeah. Mm. Yeah, that makes sense. Thank you for, for coming on and thank you for, for letting us, letting us and letting the, the listeners like hear your poetry thank you so much